It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Gordon Hayward is probably back. Marcus Smart getting closer to being back. And I've got a special guest on this Christmas edition of the Locked On Celtics Podcast. Millies, let's go! Rain and Jay's back with the vengeance back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This the truth like 34. This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, it's the best way. Melly. It is Christmas around the world for those of you celebrating Merry Christmas, for those of you celebrating maybe Hanukkah, Happy Hanukkah, and any other holiday you're celebrating. I hope you're having an enjoyable holiday. If you're not celebrating anything, then Happy Wednesday. Whatever it is you're doing, I'm glad you're making this show part of your daily routine. And I wanted to do a Christmas show partly because there's actually news. The Celtics had practice on Tuesday before they head out to Toronto. So I wanted to relay some of that stuff. And also, I wanted to just say a couple of words and have a special guest on at the end of the show. So let's just start with the news. Let's get the news out of the way. Um, Gordon Hayward is probable for the Toronto game. It looks like he's going to play. Here's what we know about this. Um, Hayward is as confused as we are about the injury to his foot. It's not, I don't even know if it's an injury. It feels like the way he characterized it is like nerve damage and piecing things together from what he said and what we know, it seems like there may be some underlying nerve damage from the ankle injury from two years ago, which means that the pain isn't something structural. The MRI is clean. This explains why the MRI is clean. There's no bone. There's no bone spur. There's no muscle or ligament thing. There's a nerve that's causing him pain. So that feels like it's just something he's going to have to deal with. And it feels like it's going to be something that if he can play through it, then he can play through it. And it's a manage, uh, a matter of managing the pain. They done two cortisone shots. The third one seems to be working. It seems like they went in at a different spot, um, but it's still not hundred percent clear uh, and, and Gordon Hayward feels, I think, a bit of confusion over the whole thing as, as we all do. But he got a third cortisone shot. He practiced and it looks like he's ready to go as long as his ankle responds well on Wednesday, I guess through early warmups. Um, and we'll just have to keep an eye on that. It's not something that can be re-injured. And, and he said he absolutely believes it's from the the prior injury, but it's not something that can be re-injured or, I don't know, made worse or better. Like It's just nerve damage is nerve damage. And when it hurts, it hurts. And, and I think they're just going to try to manage it as best as possible. I, I, I'm not familiar with this kind of injury, as many injuries as I've had over my, the course of my playing days. I've never had anything like this. I don't know how this goes. So. Uh, for now, we'll just hope for the best with Hayward and, and and hopefully he can play through whatever pain is is bothering him and and maybe they've gotten this right. Marcus Smart, meanwhile, is uh, closer to getting back. Uh, 
obviously not playing in Toronto. The hope for Marcus Smart, is, as Brad Stevens put it at our practice, is that he will play before the new year. So, soon. And as Shemi Ojale told Tom Westerholm on MassLive.com, by the way, MassLive.com slash Celtics for all of your Boston Celtics coverage. Me and Tom Westerholm, we got you covered there. He told, Shemi Ojale told Tom Westerholm that it looks like Marcus Smart has been asleep for a really long time. So that means he's got the big puffy eyes and it's, he looks like he's gotten beat up for a couple of weeks. And so, but he's back. The good news is he's back around the team. He's not spreading an eye infection around the team. He is kind of, uh, slowly working his way back. He needs to get his, uh, cardio, his endurance and all of that under him. But slowly but surely, Marcus Smart is coming back. The Celtics are slowly working their way back to some full health, which is great news, great timing. Now, one other piece of uh, news out of the Celtics practice is I guess that uh, Tremont Waters is going to be active. Taco Fall will not. So if you're chanting at home, we want Taco, you're not going to get Taco Fall it's going to be Tremont Waters. And Brad Stevens said it's because Toronto has uh, quickness. And it's not size that really bothers teams. It's Toronto's quickness and their creativity defensively and their uh, how they press, how they defend. So Stevens feels like the Celtics need another ball handler out there. So break glass in case of emergency. It's going to be Tremont Waters who is active in Toronto and not Taco Fall and I assume that means that Taco Fall is not he. I think he can travel with the team. He may not be able to partake in other team activities. Anything you do as part of a team activity as a two way player counts as a day. I don't think traveling with the team counts as a day. And so he can go. And I think that's an adjustment early in the two way process. That would have counted, but. It seems counterintuitive to what the two-way process is about. Having a guy burn a day because he's sitting on a team plane, that's not what the two-way process is supposed to be. It's supposed to be about bringing a guy along, kind of developing him, and seeing if he can become an NBA-level player. And and if you're going to give the guy only 45 days, then him sitting on a plane shouldn't be in a day. So I think traveling with the team is uh, – is not a team activity and and maybe sitting in the locker room and watching the game either from the locker room or for the hotel means that he can be with the team, go through film session or individual sessions or whatever it is and and not burn one of the 45 days because the Celtics are are hoping that he can uh, be there for them throughout the rest of the season. Uh, So they're going to have to manage that. So that's basically what came out of practice we come back, a little Christmas message for you, and then later on, our special guest all the way from Australia. Stick around for more Locked On Celtics next. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. 
In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Boston Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This Christmas is a a bit of a special one for me uh, because it marks uh, essentially kind of like the one-year mark of my new job on the beat uh, covering the Boston Celtics. And those of you who have followed along my career uh, for however many years, you know that uh, I wasn't always behind the scenes, at practices, in the locker room, covering the team this close. Uh, For much of the life of this podcast and my blogging career, which started in 2006, so It's been 13 years of really uh, providing Celtics content, covering the team in some manner. But this past year, uh, I've been fortunate enough to get the full-time job and and cover the team and and kind of follow a dream. Uh, I've wanted to do this for full-time for a while. You know, started... RedsArmy.com with Chuck McKenney in 2006. And at first, we're just screwing around. You know, we're just a couple of idiots uh, making Photoshops. I remember I made a Photoshop of Doc Rivers and Danny Ainge in 2006 when the team was losing and horrible. And they're each wearing I'm with stupid shirts pointing at one another. Um, which, I don't know, I keep bringing that up because I feel like that was pretty, you know, that was what we did. I mean, it was Weird Celtics Twitter before Weird Celtics Twitter existed, before even Twitter existed. I was doing this before there was Twitter. That's crazy. That's crazy. But, um, so, obviously my stuff has, let's say, matured over the years. And, you know, 13 years ago is a long time ago. And I didn't know, you know, frankly, the internet was kind of new back then. Jeez, I'm old. Um, and, uh, anyway. I've grown a lot and I think my coverage has grown a lot. And so now, uh, a year ago, I got this job at Mass Live and it's been challenging in a lot of ways. It's been an adjustment in a lot of ways. Um, 
it's certainly different being in the locker room, being around, covering this team. Um, and, and it's just, it's a whirlwind. It's hard to really describe it all, but a year in and I, I just couldn't be more thankful. Um, and it's all because of everybody that listens to this podcast, everybody who's been reading all along, everyone who's decided to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, everyone who's just decided to read any of my stuff at Mass Live um, along the way. Just all of it kind of kept me going. And there were a lot of times where I almost quit. I almost said I've had enough. Um, there were a lot of times where I said, this is it. This is the last season. If it doesn't happen, then it's just never going to happen. And I, I don't know, something, something kept me going. And it was just this, I don't know, constant feedback, this constant, like seeing that people were reading, seeing that people were downloading the shows, enjoying the shows, um, you know, Jay King and I bust each other's balls a lot and we, we get into fake Twitter wars. Um, but like we started this thing and it's, it's just always been a couple of guys shooting the shit, just talking basketball and this passion that we've had for it between whether it was Chuck or Jay or John Duke when I had my little fling on Celtic stuff live. Um, I always saw that, huh? People are downloading the show. We have this many page views, this many downloads. And like, people are listening. People are paying attention. Um, people like it. I made the comparison the other day to restaurants, which I grew up in the restaurant business. My dad had pizza places. Um, I've always, my entire life, made things that people consume. Um, early on, it was food. And I saw how customers kept coming back. And when my dad opened up a new place or moved a location and customers kept coming back and they said, we love your food. Uh, we're going to keep wherever you move. We're going to keep going. Um, and it, this is kind of a parallel to that. Um, now the stuff I make that people consume, it's words, uh, whether you're reading them or listening to them and you guys just keep coming back and it's, it's really kept me going um, through bad times, through tough times, through stress, through personal issues, through all of it. Um, so the reason I'm saying all of this is just to say thank you to everybody on this Christmas day that is one year um, into this new career that I hope is many, many years, but I know this business, this could be the last year for all I know. Um, it's super important to me that you guys have been there for me. And um, I thank you every single day. I'm thankful every single day that you're here and listening and reading. It means a lot. This is my passion. I would be sitting here talking about this 
to myself if I wasn't talking into a microphone and about to upload this so you can listen to it. This is just what I do. Uh, I'm always going to talk basketball. I'm going to be a crazy 90-year-old man, I hope, someday, um, talking to some tree somewhere, you know, with, you know, half a candle left in my head, but still talking basketball. That's what I'm going to do. Um, everybody works and, and thinks about retiring. And I'm finally in a job that I don't think I ever want to retire from. You know, they're going to have to kick me out of whatever it is that I'm doing. Um, I just hope they never do. Um, so as long as you guys are here, I'm going to be here. And, and I just, it's, you know, I'm pretty emotional right now. Um, it means a lot and it just means a lot that you guys are there to support me and support this show and support everything. And so thank you. And on that note, I'm going to take another break, compose myself because I don't think the emotions are going to stop because I I love the story that we're going to tell next. Uh, A friend visiting from Australia, a pilgrimage to watch the Celtics. And uh, it's a hell of a story. It's going to be a lot of fun. So stick around for more here on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Follow us on our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Lockdown Celtics on Instagram. A lot of us take the Boston Celtics a little bit for granted because if you're from around the Boston area, they're there. It's it, The routine is very simple. You go to work, you come home, you get to have maybe some dinner, kids, if you've got kids, you the homework, whatever, 7.30 rolls around, there is a game. And you watch the game. You lose your mind, you go to sleep, and it's it. It's over. Um, But for a a special segment of fans, and there are some of you listening, who are watching from around the world, 7.30 p.m. is not 7.30 p.m. for them. Sometimes it's 3, 4, 5 in the morning. Um, The Celtics are one of those few international teams with fans – Everywhere, And thankfully, the internet creates this thing where everybody can see it now. And so, uh, people like a guest sitting next to me here in Boston uh, get to experience the Boston Celtics from afar, like Australia far. And so... This guy here, you know him if you follow him on Twitter at at Aus Celtics fan. Uh, he's made the pilgrimage from Australia and is now in Boston, has experienced the first Boston Celtics game of his life. Justin Hunter. Justin, how you doing, man? Good, John. Thanks for having me here. Um, so let's start with this. You've been a Celtics fan since when? Well, let me start with congratulating you on your year at Mass Live. And um, it's an honor for me to be here with you to celebrate it on this uh, Christmas Eve. Great. Well, appreciate that. Thank you. Um, so, okay. So, it, you, you started with the Celtics when? I first started following the Celtics in 1988. Um, it was an Eastern Conference Finals game between the Boston Celtics and the Detroit Pistons. 
Um, my very first game that I watched and, yeah, I just – I instantly hated the Pistons. <laughs> I, just, I just couldn't stand them, the way they play, the way they bullied people, cheap shots, knocking people to the ground. So my um, my liking for the Boston Celtics came about from hating the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> that was basic, basically it. That makes such sense. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So that was your first experience here. Um, you've been through a lot and the Celtics have been kind of your solace. Yeah. Um, and now that is the backdrop for an emotional trip that you, you made here. I mean, just like I just said in the last segment, there's basketball has always been there for me. So I, I completely understand like, I remember when I got divorced and one of the first things I did after I'm sitting there in the empty house, I was like, I got to go shoot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, I just, I just got to get on a court. I just got to shoot. I got to clear my head and you know, going through personal things, you have the Boston Celtics and you're just kind of watching the, these games from, from afar. It kind of gotten you through. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, it's almost like a medicine. It's a, it's a, a sort of a, a, a way to to refocus my energies on something that that I love and I've loved for going on you know 31 years now. Um, so you know you can have a shit day at work, you can have a shit weekend, relationships fail, you know you have family tragedies, whatever it is. Um, you know my, myself, like other people, and yourself, sort of have this team to fall back on, and it's a beautiful thing to be able to cheer them on. You know, every, every year, every game through the season, it's magic. So you have this opportunity here to – you come to Boston. Okay, let, let me backtrack. The first maybe 36 hours of you being here involved, I think, 90% of the dialogue was Boston movie quotes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's – it's the Celtics have gotten you obsessed with just the city of Boston. So, so the city of Boston has just now grown to before getting here, you've now built the city of Boston to be a thing in your head. Yeah, right? definitely. Most definitely. Yep. So you land in Boston. What, what's the first thought that gets through, through your head? Just, just landing here. Uh, get as close to the garden as I can <laughs> without even having a ticket or, or really knowing exactly where it is. I just got in a, a ride share and said, take me there. And uh, just so happens that the, the bar I was meeting up with with people was is just around the corner at the fours. So, um, yeah, I got, got drop, dropped off in the car and then got out, took my bags out, looked to the left, and there was the TD garden. Yeah. And um that was the first time this this whole thing started to hit me. And then you get inside. Now I was there. Yeah. I saw the look on your face. Yeah, you were there. You were definitely there. Um you're waiting for it. I knew it. I mean, I knew that that was going to be a, a moment. I like I felt like I had to be there to see it. And partly because it's a moment like that. Like you, I want you to describe that moment 
But I knew, like, whatever you're about to say, like, I knew it was going to be special. And it's not often that you get to see that kind of special moment. Like, I wanted to experience it because I wanted to experience your experience. Right. And I go into that building every day. And I, it's, it's special, but it's also where I work. And so it was good for me to see that emotion because that's like, that's who I'm writing for. That's who I'm, that's like my job. I'm a journalist. I'm supposed to portray, I'm supposed to tell people this. So. I I wanted to experience your feelings. So walk me through. I saw you say, oh, shit, when you walked in. Yeah, yeah. And it's and just further to what you just said, though, I mean, you've, you know, you've lived around this area most of your life. You know, you've seen Celtics games, so many of them. Um, you know, a beat writer for the Celtics. So, you know, to you, a lot of this can be a job. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you're also a fan. So it's, it'd be hard to for you to put yourself in my shoes as as someone traveling halfway around the world, as as a pilgrimage, as you said, to to come to the Holy Grail for me, which is not only the TD Garden but but Boston in general. So um, yeah, w- walking in there, um, seeing seeing you waiting there, you know, <laughs> waiting for my reaction was um, it was was super special, but. Um, it's. I still can't really describe how it felt uh, to walk down that that little corridor, and all of a sudden the the, the end of the corridor gets bigger and bigger, and then there's a jumbotron, <laughs> and then there's Bruins banners, and then there's 17 Celtics banners, and then there's retired numbers, and I I think that's when I started to shed a few tears, yeah, and tried, <laughs> try to keep myself in check and not sort of you know turn into a blubbering mess. But on the inside, I, I just lost it. It was this has been the culmination, I suppose, of not only being a fan for thirty odd years, but trying and hoping to get to to Boston for the last ten years and and failing for for whatever reason. So it was it was probably the most emotional experience of my life, um, the most meaningful experience of of my life thus far. Um, I'm still in awe uh, of of where I was and and how um, something that I've been dreaming about for a long time had finally come to fruition and was a reality. And I was I was in the same arena as as the Boston Celtics and and Brad Stevens and and former Celtics players. And I was in 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 the mecca of of basketball and and Boston culture for me. So there, there's so much meaning attached to that building, those banners. Um, it's hard for me to describe. I mean, there's a few guys back home in Australia. Um, shout out to Simo and, and Lil Kano. They've done that trip, and we've tra- talked about it. And yeah, we, we all we've all shared the same experience. When you're watching on TV versus walking into that arena, and we talked a little bit about this earlier, but yeah. Yeah. the experience of watching it on TV is one thing. What's different about it when you walk into the arena? Oh, there's there's so many things that are different. I mean, uh, you walk in there, you can you can smell the place, you can feel the vibration, you can see the changing lights flashing everywhere. Um, 
you know, you can. I, I could see the the media section. You know, to the left of me, where where you and the rest of the guys were, I could see where Tommy Heinsohn and Mike Gorman sit. You know, I can I can see the the benches. I I know sooner or later that Brad Stevens and and Tatum and Brown and all these guys are going to be down there. But also, you know, there's there's a lot of history attached to that building. You know, the the 2008 champions were there. You know, and that yep. that's something I don't take for granted. Um, it's just so special. Uh, it's incredible, really is. It's almost like being on a movie set versus watching a movie. Yeah, and 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 things look different. Like the court, the court. It, it gave me a, a good a reality check of what size the court actually is. Because when you're looking at it on TV, um, the court looks massive because yeah. of the camera angles. Um, so to to see the, the court they're playing on live right in front of me gives me even greater respect for the talent that these NBA level players have because they really are constricted and they've got to work their ass off to get to the basket, to get open shots, to set screens, to make passes, make defensive plays. So, um, but the arena itself is just absolutely beautiful. It's really stunning. It's really well, well designed. And, um, yeah, it's a joy to be there. I'm looking forward to the next game on Friday. Yeah. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we got good seats too. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good seats are important. Um, you also basically got the perfect game. To, yeah. To, like, your first game is um, a little bit tight and then boom, explosion. You get Jason Tatum going off. Yep. You get taco time. You get a little bit of everything yeah absolutely yep i mean that's lucky i mean do you like how you can't even it, it's almost scripted is is what it is well yeah it was it was the perfect game for a fairy tale story i think um you know like i said i've had friends come over here one one fairly recently and and traveled around with the team and unfortunately they had injuries and they couldn't get a couple of wins so you know, there was a bit of trepidation on my part coming over here thinking, oh, what's what's my first game going to be like? And, um, you know, am I going to be a curse? Are we going to lose this one? <laughs> or, um, and, and we did. We came out of the gate slow against Charlotte. Um, but, you know, after half time, it, it really picked up and the guys were really careful with the ball. They were rebounding, playing defense. Tatum was amazing. You know, he ended up with 39 and 12 rebounds, I believe. Yeah. Um, and, and three blocks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was so it was just unexpected. And, and sitting there watching it live, you sort of you're not quite. Um, I don't really notice how much the players are scoring as much until I look up at the scoreboard and then to see him come off with yeah. 39 points, you know, it was, it was just amazing. And then we, you'd know more than me what the margin was, but um, 90 something to 112, I think, uh, 93 yeah, perhaps. Something like that. So to get to get that win. Um, to witness it and to witness Tatum getting his career high in points was was I couldn't have asked for a better game. <laughs> were you were you uh, involved in the taco chance? Um, not at the eight minute mark of the fourth quarter. Uh, <laughs> uh, but um, or a little ambitious. At that yeah, point. I was a little more restrained. I looked at the score. I thought, all right, let's let's see if we can bring this one home first before we bring Taco in and. Luckily, we did. We 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 brought it home. We we maintained a fairly solid lead, and then uh, then I started getting into the taco chance, and nice. yeah, I was right into it. And I, you know, I might have even let slip MVP a couple of times, but <laughs> but who knows? Who knows? It's not documented, so you know. No, 
that's true. That's true. Uh, and you even got a picture in front, like Geno time. Yeah, yeah, that was that was great. Yeah, I took a few videos of that too, and um, yeah, just to see that live was was phenomenal. Um, it really is, and I, I kind of, in a way, I felt like a bit of a. Uh, semi-intoxicated KG after a few beers, po- pointing up at Gino on the screen there and laughing to my buddy. And, yeah, it was incredible to see that. Uh, it's fine. Uh, all right, well, we're going to talk some more and um, I'm you know, try to get a, a story a little bit more in-depth on MassLive.com, the, you know, the, the journeys of uh, a rabid Celtics fan who uh, traveled halfway around the world to visit a Mecca and it, this, this emotional, uh, I just love, I, I love the story. I love this. I love that anybody is this passionate to say, all right, I'm going to go at 24 hours in a plane, you know, traveling 24 hours <laughs> to get to a place because you absolutely have to see it. It's mad when you say it like that. It is, man. It's crazy. I don't. I can't imagine. Um, I mean, I guess I can, you know. But uh, all of my favorite teams have been within an hour of uh, an hour drive of yeah. me yeah. at worst, you know, when I was growing up. So not that I made it to the garden a ton, but like I still it was still around. And so, what 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 time are games typically on for you? Um, generally if, if we're playing East Coast teams, um, Eastern Conference, you're probably looking about 10 a.m., 11 a.m. Um, if we're, if Celtics playing a, say, a matinee game in, in New York, it's three or four in the morning for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if we're playing, say we're playing the Lakers or someone on the West Coast, it's generally about one, two p.m. in the afternoon. It's actually not bad. I mean, you're working, but... Yeah, it's it's not too bad on a Saturday on Sunday where I can sort of just roll out of bed late and, and just watch my team play. But during the week, it's sort of you got to try and avoid Twitter as much as you can, avoid the spoilers. Right, but right. I'm terrible at that because the whole thing is, you know, I want my team to win. And, you know, nine times out of ten, I end up checking the score. Sure. And, you know. Sure. Yep. Um, well, look, man, it's awesome. I'm glad that I was I was there to see it. Um, it's it, it meant a lot for me to be there and kind of witness – what what you're going through because it's you talk about passionate fans i can't imagine a more passionate fan and i know the emotional connection um that this has been for you so this has been really cool for me i'm excited to have experienced it myself um uh living vicariously through you basically <laughs> because you know you you just this level of passion it's it's hard to imagine few few people have it um and so many of us take this for granted so uh, i'm glad that i'm glad that you got to experience it Thank you, man. All right. Uh, I hope everybody's enjoying their Christmas again. For those of you who are celebrating, uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, and, and wanted to do this special show for everybody. Uh, I'll maybe try to record something after the Celtics Raptors. Uh, we'll, I'll try my best, but, you know, traveling and, and all of that stuff is, is might make it a little bit difficult. But uh, try to be here for you like I always am Monday through Friday. A free daily podcast. So subscribe if you're not a regular subscriber. And all of you regular listeners, please give that five-star rating and a good written review. I really appreciate it if you share the podcast and tell everybody to listen to the Locked On Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.